Hello, everyone, and welcome to another version of Bill Roten on sports here at Harlem, USA. Uh, Chocolate restaurant with the great Jamal Murphy. Jamal. I'm, st- I'm still in the building. I'm still in the building. Still it's good to be here. Yeah, good to be here. Listen, man, uh, Jamal, why don't you bring in our uh, introduce? We have a, you know, all of our guests are very special, but um, we have a really, really, really special guest. Since you're from Brooklyn and yes, he's from yes, Brooklyn, why yes. don't you why don't you do like a Brooklyn introduction if there's there such go. a thing? One of one of Brooklyn's finest, <laughs> definitely the finest NBA ref from Bro- currently. Are there any other from Brooklyn? We got one more. One more. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, Is that like a quota. <laughs> <laughs> but a kid, a, a guy I grew up with. Known him since like fourth, fifth grade. Wow. Uh, definitely one of the best young refs in the game in the NBA, Zach Zarba. All num- right. Num- number what? 15? Number 15. Number 15, yeah. Zach Zarba. Now, we wanted, yeah, we wanted to applaud, but Thank like a guys. few minutes ago, you said you're used to more <laughs> of like. He's used to boo. booing. Like, get him, Bill. Get him. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I, I feel I, more comfortable with the boos. We, no, you know, that, we're used I, to that. <laughs> I'm just curious. I mean, you know, I've got a whole ton of questions, but do you, do you block that stuff out? I mean, being an NBA. Ref, you do hear, I mean, just some of the awful stuff, but do you learn to block that stuff off? Yeah, sometimes I think we, it's a badge of honor when you get the, you know, those chants you get at the arenas. You're, you know, you almost feel like, oh, all this for me, that's, this is fabulous. You know, <laughs> you, you, I always say you, you, you have to be, you have to be some kind of sick to want to do uh, this job. Right. <laughs> you have right. to be a little crazy. Yeah. We're going to get into that a little later about why, how you got into this, <laughs> why you got into this. But first, just kind of, everybody's still kind of buzzing about the NBA playoffs. They were really right. great press. Did you did, I, I know you watched the playoffs. Did you let's did you work any of the playoffs? Sure, sure. I got to uh officiate game 3 of the finals. So oh, I really? did game oh, 3. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, uh, man. My third year in a row in the finals, which is uh an honor, really. Oh, it's a it's a spectacle and it's the highest level and the highest stage. Uh it's it's really an honor and, and I'm lucky to have What's that like? To just tell just take us through that because you know, I mean, mm-hmm. what what's it like to actually to, to like actually work the finals right it's amazing honestly it's uh i feel we have the best athletes in the world it's mm. uh if you want to talk about basketball players with the size and the speed and the strength uh they're phenomenal athletes and this is the this is intense this is pressure it's you, you see the spectacle around it so uh to be chosen there's 12 referees that get chosen out of the 60 staff members wow. to, to get wow. to the final so it's Look, we have 60 great officials on our staff, and to be one of the 12 to get to do the NBA Finals is is a fabulous honor. Which, which game was that? Which uh, Game three was the first game in Cleveland after uh, Cleveland lost the first two in Golden State. Right. It ended up being a blowout. Cleveland ended up uh, winning by 30, 120 to 90, I believe, going away. It, right. uh, so it was it was it kind of was the game that got Cleveland back in the series. It was a do or die for them. Right. Going down 3-0 would have been problem do you i mean what does that mean in other words you clearly have to you got to know this stuff right you got to right. follow it. do you follow that as a i mean just as a i mean what does that mean to you do you watch it as a fan do you watch it as a, an official as you you're watching game one right then you're right. watching game two now you're watching game three it's almost like a a novel or a short story like it's got a, a, a right. narrative to it and all that so how do you watch it as you're watching game one and two knowing you're going to do game three how do you watch it right Right, so you you are watching. I, I, you definitely watch. It's it's our job, I think, to keep up with stuff all season long. You, you know, I want to know. I, I get up in the morning. I, I read all the web pages. I read all the stuff. I want to have as much information as possible to help me in how I run and manage a game. Do you watch uh, like game film? Do you ever sure. watch of yourself, but also of 
do you watch for like player tendencies or anything like that? We, uh, well, we, our management team of uh, Mike Bannum and Bob Delaney, hmm. uh, along with a bunch of others, do a fabulous job during the playoffs of sending us uh, links and clips of tendencies and, and, and red flags and stuff like that. It, it's, it's important that we judge what's put in front of us. You, you know, you want to anticipate the play but not the call. So right. you, they have to be careful with the, the clips they show us, but we definitely watch every game to see what matchup is where and uh, what we may need to do to manage the game and stuff like that. So it's an ongoing things game, one, two, and three, four, five, six, up to seven. But you definitely watch every game with a keen eye. Uh, your first question, Bill, about uh, being an official and how you watch the game, you, once you start refereeing, you will never watch the game the same way. Is that right? Yeah, it changes. You stop watching the ball as much. As a mm. fan, you, you know, as a fan, you growing up as a kid, you always watch the ball, whoever right. has the ball. Right. One of the keys to being an official you know, is you're, you're watching off ball and you're watching what goes on off ball because these players are so, they're so good that the half step or half inch they get off ball, if, it's, if they commit, you know, if they do something illegal to get that space, they're going to score. When you say off ball, just just for people, when you say mm -hmm. it's on ball, off ball, what do you, you yeah, whoever's dribbling the ball, usually we follow the ball. Where you know, usually people follow the dribbler up in the key and what he's doing, and when he passes it down to the low post, they follow that down there. There's there's generally eight other players doing a whole host of things off the ball, whether they're <laughs> setting screens, you know, uh, all types of things are going on: clutching, holding, grabbing, oh, push offs, man. stuff like that that you have to decide on. So there's a million decisions a game. And it's so funny. I mean, yeah, I, th I forgot what the discussion we had once, but it's like, uh, I forget when we had some, but I mean, these guys are actually trying to, everybody's trying to get an edge. I mean, right. it's not right. like everybody's not trying to get an edge. Everybody's trying to get an edge. And, right. and I guess the older guys, people like have PhDs, right? Right. And like <laughs> getting an edge. Yeah, yeah right. they do. And I'm sure it's the other way around too. I'm sure the players study particular refs know what they can get away with sure. what they can't what what you're what you're likely to call and what you're what you're not likely to call right funny story to talk to your guys point was uh and i can talk about him now because he's uh he's on our he's he's a media member now and he's retired my come to jesus moment in the nba was my first year and it's i've got dallas and san antonio which was a rivalry at that point and i'm running up the floor watching off ball the balls on the other side of the floor i pick up two players it's bruce bowen and it might have been nowitzki off ball back then mm -hmm. or something like that bruce bowen was staring at me off the, just when i looked at him he was already looking at me to your point about these guys know these guys are so versed they know where the officials are looking when wow. they're looking when they're not looking uh we're generally half a step behind and so we're playing catch up because they're so great and, and the game is so great and fast but you know we try <laughs> that's that's the important thing. He was staring at you because of what? Because he wanted to see if I was looking. He wanted to see if he could gain an edge. Wow. If I wasn't looking, he may be able to hold somebody up or may be able to set somebody up and draw a charge. You know, all that type of stuff. The gamesmanship. Uh, th these players don't get – our players do not get enough credit for how smart they are and their basketball IQ is, is really through the roof with mm. these guys. Mm. How – I mean, how um, – there's so many things I want to – I, I was joking with you when you came in. So a lot of times we'll see during foul shots or something, a player will, will come up and say something. Or sometimes you're on the sideline, a player will say something. What are some of the things that, 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 that they're saying? I mean, I'm always curious. What is, I mean, sometimes you guys might be laughing about something. Mm -hmm. A, what are, I mean, what are some of the things that people, are, the players are saying? What's the interchange? Right. So generally, it, 
we, we're going under the suspicion that the, everybody is trying to get the next call. So it's an, on, <laughs> it's an ongoing right. dialogue, uh, sometimes friendlier than others. And then there's everybody's trying to get that edge, and they're trying to tell you what's going on and who's grabbing or holding or pushing off that we may that we may be legitimately missing, or they may be, be just trying to sell it and, and get us aware of it and get it in our mind. It's generally done, in my opinion, to try to get the next call. Sometimes it's friendlier than others, and then there's times we've got to put a stop to it where we're not going to talk all game. You know, when you feel yourself getting losing concentration in what's at hand, right. it's our job to kind of put a stop to it and maintain control of the game that way. Is it easier when you're – I mean, I guess like in any profession, when you're younger – you got to pay dues. Right. And as you get older, you know, so what's it like for you? It's your first year, you know, is mm-hmm. your, your first. Now, what, what, where were you before? We'll get into this a little later, but let's, I'm trying to set this up. Where were you before? In other words, what was your first year in the league and where did you come from? So first year was uh, 03, 2003. Okay. Uh, and I come from the developmental league. I started in the old CBA, the last year of the, uh, the Continental Basketball Association. Wow. That was my first year and then it folded. Then I did two years in the MBDL. Come up, and you're right, Bill. You you are, you are fighting for your life up there. Your first year, the game is moving at a speed you've never seen. Really, these athletes are top notch. Mm-hmm. They're it, it's it's the most. It's so fast, and so you're honestly just holding on for dear life, trying to get what's in your primary area and not miss anything. And you have zero credibility because nobody's <laughs> seen you. <laughs> so you know from from everybody. So the teams players the coaches your officials everybody you know you and you have to earn your respect one play at a time honestly and you Mm. do that you earn the trust over time you know repetition repetition with teams players coaches your bosses everybody it's it's that kind of thing Mm. what was the um so so your first year i mean what was like do you remember any does anything stand out from that first year in terms of uh either a heated exchange or somebody who um Really, you may have thought one way or about, but you really gained some respect. For, I mean, what was that? Mm-hmm. What, what stands out about the first year? Oh, the first year. Uh, the first year was a blur. <laughs> Honestly, it, it, you know, you're doing everything you can just to stay alive. But uh, I remember it might have been my first week in the league, mm. uh, and I was struggling. You know, I, I wasn't stepping up. I wasn't. I was trying. I wasn't holding my end of the bargain. There's three officials out there. Right, right. right. Everyone has a primary area, and it's it's like a finely tuned machine or it should be you know everybody should be looking where they're looking and they have responsibilities and if you're not holding up your end of the bargain one of the veteran officials after the game just pulled me to the side and just ripped me really I mean, for yeah, what what did he for, say for not stepping up and being aggressive and being you just held me accountable you know mm-hmm. uh, similar to what a coach would do right wow. uh, and it was nasty and really? it was direct and it worked <laughs> you know, you you, right. you either in those moments you either just cower and run away, or you go, you know what, you're right, and own it and take it on the chin and be better. So and you were being, you were being, you were intimidated, or you were just, you didn't want to make calls, or I think it was more of of getting a lay of the land and getting a feel for the league, and, and you know, instead of just letting loose. Mm-hmm. And you have to trust your training because when you get up, when you get to the NBA, you're one of the one of the sixty people in in the NBA. You have to trust what you've been trained to do so you've done mindless endless hours of videotape endless hours on the road in these towns doing the the minor leagues and you have to trust your training how do you not get how do you not lose your temper i mean because i'm always fascinated by that either when i'm when i'm i'm 
looking at games because you know a lot of times we're courtside sure. and you hear shit. You know, I said, oh, my shit, how the <laughs> hell is he gonna not let him? And then you hear, I mean, some of the things that fans say is right. like ridiculous. So how do you not lose your temper or not mm-hmm. let it be known that you're losing your temper? Right. Uh, you know, for the, we'll talk about the fans. The fans, the NBA has. Fantastic fans. The best thing about <laughs> okay, the NBA. We just, okay, thank you very much, man. Okay. <laughs> got to say that. No, it's true. But the, the game is so intimate. Right. And right, that's right, one right, of the right, best right. things about the game. It's so intimate. It's right up on you. It's, you know, everybody live and direct. There's no hats, no helmets, or anything like that. Right. And so you can hear things. Uh, and so you're right. And, and especially when you get in the playoffs and stuff like that, that the, the, some of the stuff you hear is, is, is hysterical. And I... I I would imagine it's almost it's similar to a player in terms of how you deal with the fans or being, you know, home or away. Right. So do you, you are you really going to tell me that there's no difference to, depending, like, who's the home team and who's the away right. team, right. how you officiate? Right. Well, right. let's go back to <laughs> yeah, the Yeah, right. That's, <laughs> that's a great question, Jamal. <laughs> well, let's go back to the first. The first thing is when you're one of the referees on the game, when you're charged with managing and running this game, Different than a player, a player can play with passion. A player can play with energy and all that stuff. As far as for us, we always have to maintain a level of calm and be in control. We can't be herky-jerky. Right. And there's times to, there's times we're going to bark. There's times that we're, we're going to be aggressive, and there's right. times that we're going to be passive depending on the tenor of the game. Right. But generally, we have to be the steady hand that steers the ship. So we can't – you're trained to keep your emotions in check. You're trained to – have an even balance and so that's the stuff that you know and you know and you know but most of the time it's heat of the moment with right. fans players uh, and sometimes that heat of the moment can dissolve with a player and then sometimes it doesn't and then there's discipline you know part that has to be put into it uh in terms of the home and the away you know are you swayed that's what your training's for right. uh you know you I think that that's a myth. It would, of the o- NBA. It would, o- but it would almost be subconscious anyway, right? right. I mean, but you're, you're, you're a human yeah. being. I mean, right. you're 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 at the you're at the arena in uh, Cleveland, right? And the, the fans are like, you know, that get you a game three, right? Do or die, right? People, I'm sure the atmosphere was like insane, sure. right? People are just like right. completely <laughs> catastrophic, right? Right. right? And you mean you're like like, oh well, well uh, you know, no, no. <laughs> right. when you start to officiate, honestly, Bill Jamal, it gets if I. If there's a game that I'm on and, you know, there were some, there's some plays we missed down the stretch or some other things that happened that don't jive or we're not happy with down the stretch, we are not. Home or away, we're not happy. Right. We're not. Right. We don't sleep for a while. It, mm. it, it eats at us. Our staff, uh, and I've been around at basketball, you know, for a long time now, uh, we are the most self-critical. So mm. anything the fans or the players say is not is maybe a tenth of what we do to ourselves and each other, uh, you know. But even even among referees, right? You're talking about emotion. That that's an individual thing. Some refs are quicker with the technical than right. other refs. Right, right. You, right. I've noticed, you're one of the more patient guys out there. Right. So, I mean, so so emotion does play into it. You just happen to be a a more laid back person. Yeah, I guess you know they have stats on all that kind of stuff. They <laughs> believe really? me. Oh, they have. We have. I mean, the analytics on our end, as well as the players and coaches, have can play a part in the game so yes they have stats and all that you know you i think you have to know what your strengths and, and weaknesses are uh i'm generally a little more patient but i it can also be to a detriment in my game mm-hmm. so i have to understand where the line is and right. i have to the self-reflection part for me is is that i know that's a strength of mine that i can 
manage people and personalities and, and, and get along and communicate. However, that strength can very quickly become weakness if I let something go on too far right. or talk too because, much. Right. You know, that because kinda. people are going to – I mean, it's, it's like with anything else, right? you got a bunch of highly charged men and women, if you did this. And idea. smart, like and you said. Smart, highly competitive, very competitive. And it's kind of like, you know, how you – well, I don't want to compare them to dogs, but people, you know, can smell – Weakness. Absolutely. Like a friend, I know a friend of mine, maybe, oh, my daughter's boyfriend. And do I ain't doing this to you. <laughs> but but he's, he's warming up the dogs. And, and she was talking about how she was like, there was a dog came and he kind of petting him like this. And I said, Rice, could you please tell Andy, the dogs know when you're afraid. Right. You know, and I guess it's the same thing with anything else. Like players know, like your first year, players know when you're not sure. Players know, and I guess they're going to constantly test you right uh, absolutely the game that's the beautiful thing about basketball is the game knows players mm. know when they right. when they smell blood they're coming and as they should mm. and you're all right so it's everybody you know we have a job to do too and I, you have to gear yourself up to go out there and do your job but you know a lot of the, when you just say do your job i have to tell myself do right. your job the patriots says so some, i know somebody the patriots say that Right, right, right. Belichick. Just do your job. Yeah. But, but, but go ahead. I, I don't want to enter. I, I, you know, whenever you throw the Patriots in, shit, I almost oh, <laughs> the conversation just goes to pieces. And shit. But but you, but but you know, Jamal was asking you about home versus. What, what about stars? When you talk about LeBron, I guess you were in the league in Georgia last year. I mm-hmm. mean, and they come up superstar calls. Again, I'm like, come on, man. I mean, you're hu- you're a human being. Right. And here's Michael Jordan. Or here's Tim Duncan. Here. And you, I guess you what got to say. I only see gray. I don't see people. I just see gray. I don't see. I don't see faces, right? right? Well, so so <clears throat> let's assume. Uh, let's assume that we are going to make some mistakes out right. there, right? right. It, it's the the NBA. We don't, haven't had a perfect game, perfectly officiated game, in the history of the league. So let's assume that right off the bat. Right. Okay. We'll take Michael Jordan. He's not in the league. Okay, I would submit to you guys that a player like that <coughs> is fouled more than he gets whistled for. So he should be at the free throw line more than he actually got. But what they do is they finish so easily and they score that the hand is always quicker than the eye. We're going to miss things. And they, and they are actually, they actually lose the benefit of whistle. I would because Now, when we make mistakes, the ball's in their hand. Why? Because the ball's in their hand, the better players. The ball's in their hand 70% of the time anyway. And so when we make mistakes, who are we going to make them for? Usually them. And right. so that's where, in my opinion, that's where that myth comes from. Uh, I mean, if it makes sense that way, you know, when we make those mistakes that we do every game, it, the ball's in their hands. And so there's, it's a, it's a, there's a human er- error element to the game. It's right. an imperfect game played by humans all around. And, so, yeah. and they're, all, they're also smarter players and better players and probably know how to draw fouls a little better and know how to work maybe work the refs even a little better sure (laughs) that's right i mean did you also you you talk about people like lebron i mean great players and i imagine as as a as a as as an official how long does it take you know you see things i remember a long time ago i was working at the baltimore sun and we had some exhibition game against the orioles like a, a basketball game right but what Kill me, man. People don't understand how great these. I mean, these are just baseball players. But, <laughs> right, right. I mean, but just like damn, just shit that they could do is just like, like damn, just right. how smooth. And I'm just wondering, as an official, maybe your first couple of years in the league, you're seeing guys perform, mm-hmm. and do you have to like step back, or do you like maybe your first? Damn, this, this guy is really fucking good, right, man. Right. right. 
Particularly because you played. You played the sure. game. Right? Uh, you know, I played Division three. Right. So. <laughs> me me play, too. They me play too. basketball, too, there. My, my, my nephew coaches at uh, Middlebury. So they right. played the play uh, I had a head start on knowing I, I should go into officiating. I didn't have, there were no delusions of grandeur <laughs> right. for me. But, uh, you know, there's, there's no doubt there's times where you, where you – something happens and you just go, wow. Now, it doesn't affect your judgment or anything in the game. You just, after the fact, whether you're, you know, on the floor and there's a timeout or something like that, or there's, there's no doubt. Everybody's human. Uh, but, again, you're training during the game. You don't watch it the same way. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was thinking that, like, do you, do you even feel like you get to truly appreciate the great players on the floor? Because you, you got to be so focused on the, the technical aspects of right. the game. And, like you said, off the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's got to be so much you miss. Right. Sure. Well, we always watch the game once in real time, and then when we get back to the hotel or the next day on the plane, we watch it again. <laughs> so we watch, you know, you see all that stuff. Now you're watching it with a different eye. Um, but our guys, some of the stuff that they do is incredible. I mean, in the NBA is such a, is at such a great place right now with these players. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, you, you don't get to appreciate. What we get is the juice. Mm-hmm. Is though so? If you've been to the, if you've been in an arena in a playoff game, mm-hmm. you, you you get that juice. A lot of our veteran guys who retire, you know, come back and and just say, you're never going to get the juice again. <laughs> you, you, when you right, right. when you walk away, you've had a great career, 25, 30 years, legends come back and go, you just don't get that juice anywhere. That's what yeah. we get: the energy, the intensity, the fishbowl. You know, that's the juice that we get. But even on, you know. Some nondescript game, January twenty third, <laughs> and I'll just say Peoria because in Peoria, <laughs> Illinois, your fourth game in five nights. There's juice and there's like you know five thousand people in this. I mean, sure. What's the know, equivalent now? I'm trying to think. I can't. I don't want to mention anybody on the bus. I want to mention any city. <laughs> right, right. But but you know what I mean. In other sure. words, and we all feel it. There's the time mm-hmm. where you're juice, but then there's other time when it's and sometimes it says you're the better test is when it's just some ordinary. Fifth game, four nights, and you're out there, and it doesn't really mean anything, there's no and there's doubt. no juice. That's right. No doubt about it, Bill. That, to us, that's being a pro. Right. You're a pro. You're drawing a paycheck. You're getting paid. Uh, you know, that's being a pro is going out there, you know, 82 games plus the playoffs, and whether it's a Thursday selling here or, right. or a Tuesday night here, you're a pro. You're getting a paycheck. You know, you're providing a great life for your family. You better give every game, you know, this give every game it's due. That's what we tell ourselves. You you mentioned the veteran officials earlier. Was there or is there, or you know, or, bef- or before you got in the league, was there an official that you looked up to, in ter- you know that mm-hmm. that's, you know, he's the guy right. or or right. one or two or more than one guy maybe. Right. Uh, yeah. Joey Crawford's a legend. Right. Uh, Bennett Salvatore, legend. These guys are now retired. Th- these guys were bigger than life, larger than life. Um, Coming from Brooklyn, there was Dick Bavetta, right. there was Ronnie Nunn, there were a whole host of guys, um, and so those guys are larger than life. When you meet them and, and actually, ha- and they take the time, Steve Javi, you know, right. you know, we got one of our, you know, our boss now, Bob Delaney, uh-huh. and Mark Wonderlich. These guys, right. they're larger than life, and, they, and they're helping you out. It, it, you, you know, it's amazing. Bob Delaney, Bob, oh, not Jim Delaney. Nope, Bob. Bob, Delaney. I was like, think, when did I miss that? Because you know, Jim is ahead of the um, uh, Big Ten. Big Ten. Correct. I'm like, wait a minute, when did I just stop? <laughs> but it's like, like, like policemen becoming firemen. You just kind of slide into one gig and slide into another. Right. We're going to take a break. Our guest is Zach Zarba, 
the NBA referee for 13, 13 seasons? 13. You don't seem like, I mean, I was, I was joking. When did you start when you were 10 years old? <laughs> Pretty, much. Hey. Pretty, Pretty much. Jamal called me young, too, so I'm going to take that. Hey, I'm taking that. Hey. Trust me. Trust you're, me. you're older than me, so you're, yeah, you're young. Trust me. Take, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. And we're going to do so many things. This is very exciting. I've never really interviewed a uh, an NBA referee. I, I, I like to great. I like to give our our side of things because you know nobody really ever hears our side. Well, so you I know that pe- people aren't gonna give a damn. You, you know that, don't you? They, they, this is all nice, but it's like right. July, so right, they, right? 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 So it's always good in July. Right. All right, we'll be right. <laughs> Everything is great in July. All right, we'll be right back. Everybody. Welcome to uh, Bill Roden on sports. Jamal Murphy hanging in there as usual. Um, and our guest is Zach Zarba, uh, NBA ref for 13 seasons. Zach, you know, we, we were talking a little earlier about um, instant, uh, well, we're going to talk about instant replay. I want to ask you about it, but we're talking about getting it right. I want to talk about instant replay because that clearly, not only in your sport, all sports, has really changed the game. My question is. Um, uh, has it changed the game for the better? Before you answer that, I, I want to ask you, now in all sports, it's also common to issue the apologies, right. you know, for <laughs> the referees to say, I mean, for the league to throw you guys under the bus, say, uh, we regret that um, we got it, our, our crew got it wrong. How, how do you, as a crew, how do you feel about that when the league apologizes for a mistake, you, you know, you or your crew may have made? Right. Uh, so... In years back in, in, you know, five or so years ago, I think it started, whenever the league would apologize when there was a controversial play. Uh, the referees missed the play with two-tenths on the shot clock, game clock, whatever whatever have you. And so just recently, I believe two years ago, they've changed it to what we call an L2M now. And the L2M report is the last two-minute report of mm-hmm. the game. So any game within f- at five points or less at the two-minute mark, okay, is now judged and graded and put out publicly the next day uh, by 5 p.m., I believe. Right. So as officials, while you generally think they hate that, okay, uh, what it does is it, it allows the league to not only communicate when we mess up and we miss something, but also when we get something right. right. And mm-hmm. so you, you get right. that L2M, that last two-minute report, and it, the controversial play is graded as a correct call. And right. so now the public can go, oh, they got that right. Because yeah, right, right, right. one of our biggest complaints back in the day was that, you know, all you do is issue these uh, these apologies, you never issue the, hey, they got it right. And so we just wanted some, we just wanted that to right. be fair. Uh, the scrutiny is there. It's, it's transparency is the, is the name of the game now. And we don't back away from that. We don't shy away from it. We embrace it. It's hard at first. Nobody wants, you know, their mistakes put on, you know, on the web, on yeah, TV. Right. Nobody likes right. that. But, right. but, you know, you either run from it or get better and embrace it, and right. that's what we choose to do. It's part of the job, just like yeah. for the players. And you mentioned, well, you said the L two M. Mm-hmm. I do. Rem- the one time I remember was was a, was a bad one. I don't know if you were on that in that game, but it was the uh, I think it was the Thunder San Antonio yeah. game, and it was like 10, 12 missed calls. So, I'm, so <laughs> there can be some bad ones, but you and you don't hear about the good ones. You won't hear. Nobody's going to talk about if if you get that report and, and it's twelve out of twelve. Right, no, it's not controversy. It doesn't sell, uh, you know. It doesn't sell. So, 
but we, we embrace it. We run from it. We might not agree with all the decisions on it, but, you know, it's here to stay. So, hey. uh, Before we segue into how you got into this business, uh, I wanted to ask you this earlier about the series. You know, the re- how does the regular season differ in every sport? In every sport, they talk about playoff intensity. And, and I used to, even with Ronnie Nunn when he was there, I said, now, Ronnie, they said, well, the playoffs are intense. I said, wait a minute. Y'all, what calls don't you make during the regular season that you make in the playoffs? Because they talk about the playoff, you know, I said, wait a minute, you have two different standards. But I wonder, clearly the playoffs are more intense, but how does the the best of the best of five or the best of three, is that what makes it more intense? Because now, um, you know, every single game now, mm-hmm. there's like a, Mm-hmm. I, I get in there. Does that make it more, uh, sure. more intense? Well, there's wrinkles and there's matchups, and sure, you know, if you were if you were guarding someone, you know, this fifth game of a seven game series, and you've been you know you've been going at them four games now, five games, six games, you're going to get sick of someone if you're a player. We get that. Uh, you, there's the intensity is definitely ratcheted up. You get pockets of it in the regular season. You get games of it here and there. Uh, as for the fouls, I, I'm not sure the stats. I'd love to look up the stats, but I, I believe I read it either a year ago or somewhere. We call more fouls in the playoffs. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on it. To me, it's it comes from the players. They, they recognize the moment. They recognize what's at stake, and they ratchet it up. Mm. Uh, you know, there's to me, there's pockets here and there of an NBA season when there's 82 games that they, you know, you know it's not as intense maybe, but uh for me, it's it's the playoffs, and it, that's what they react to, and we react to them. What about, um, you, you know, I, I guess what about for you guys? Is it, is it easier it, during during that five-game series or that seven, you know, best of five, best of – is it easier for you? Or, or But you're probably not going to call every single game, right? You're no. not going to be in every game. Right, so you, you go from series to series. And, okay. and so, you know, you, you start the playoffs, and you may have game two here in game four here you know and so you very rarely uh go back in a series twice it happens sometimes you 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 very rarely go back in Um, you know unless it goes maybe six seven games you could get back in that series but once you've worked game one game two you're kind of waiting to see where that series goes but if you're in the first round or the second round there's a bunch of other series going on they have to use you know and they have a pod full of people that they choose from and who's available who's your crew chiefs and who's your you know so they have a whole system that they do and and it's it's like the NCAA tournament, the best move on. You oh, know? Really? Yeah. Well, so, I, yeah, I was going to ask you, how are you rated? Mm-hmm. I mean, you said that you made three consecutive finals. How, how, are, you, how are you graded? How, how do you get to be one of the, the what, how many, 12? One of 12. 12, 12. that works a series. How are you graded? Uh, you know, it's uh, you have a coach's rating. You have a GM rating. We have our boss's rating. It's a, it's a cumulative, cumulative rating. Uh, Generally, the best way to look at it from the from the the grading standpoint is is like it's like the NCAA tournament. The best move on, the better move on. If you're our uh, boss, always says if you're hitting 600, you're going to be in the lineup. And so <laughs> right, right, it doesn't. Right. It's not you know a seniority thing so much. It's an accuracy thing. Uh-huh. And if you are on, you're on. I, I tell my family all the time, you make one, and they think you're you're ordained for life. And I, it's not. It's it's every year is a new year. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's there's pressure all the time. But every year is a new year. How's it like you, 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 you did game three of mm-hmm. the finals. So how's it like, what happens after, I mean, is there like a letdown? You do game three and then that's it? Then you're watching the rest of the, you know, you're watching the rest right. of the, the series. <laughs> right. or you let, are you let down when you have to go to the regular season next year? <laughs> right. I, I would characterize it as more of a relief that really? you survive. These games are, the scrutiny is through the roof. 
the there's cameras everywhere you you don't want to be involved in a situation that determines a game or, or something controversial that instant replay can I mean it's the game is moving so fast there's so many eyes on you the players deserve you know the very best that you just don't want to let the whole league down you're, you're there's three referees on each of these games and it, it's as much as of it of it it's an honor it's always a big responsibility to that and so when you get done with game three and you get out of there with no problem <laughs> it's a relief and then you wait to see if you're going to be called again and i wasn't called again and then you celebrate you know being one of 12 to get to the finals and, and you know it's time to go see your family right, right. <laughs> now game three i mean we said we can't talk about pacific people but now were there are some incidences one of these things right there was like there was like some Rough housing, right? And, and one of the four, games. I think. I think four, oh, maybe four. you just missed that one. <laughs> <laughs> I got lucky, you, got lucky. <laughs> you missed that. But I mean, uh, without getting into specific people, and just mm -hmm. listen, this is Bill Rodin on sports. You know, I'd ask him who and where and all that, but we already talked about. I, it. And I would say I love all the guys. <laughs> I love all the guys. <laughs> all the guys are great. Yeah, I know that's a lie. Uh, but uh, you know, now now that uh, that uh, what's the word? The, the fouls, the um, flagrant fouls. Fla the flagrant mm -hmm. fouls becoming such a big issue. Mm -hmm. Now, and that is sort of a cumulative narrative, right? Mm -hmm. Does that mean you have to pay? It just seems like that's a whole other level. You have to really pay attention. And, yeah. Uh, and I guess how do you, people come in with reputations, but you really mm -hmm. can't deal with reputations. Correct. You know, um, right. how, how does yeah. that figure into this equation? So you, you, I always want to know all the information possible going in so that we have flagrant foul points in the playoffs and stuff like that. So you know who has four, five, six points before a suspension and stuff like that. However, we have to judge what's in front of us. And that's and when, whenever we're dealing with fouls that are being reviewed, all flagrant fouls or possible flagrant fouls are reviewed. So we are strictly judging what we see on that monitor. Is it unnecessary? Is it excessive? Uh, is there wind-up? Where's the impact? What's the follow-through? Was it a basketball play? All these things, we have criteria for flagrant right. fouls. And, and so we are definitely never saying, oh, wow, this guy has six flagrant foul points. One more flagrant foul point, we'll get him suspended. We don't want to call a flagrant. That's not thinking. We're just judging what we see black and white on that video, if that makes sense. So, so, why, so what's the purpose of knowing ahead of time how many, how many flagrant or how many points he has? I think correct. I, I think it's just you need to know the narrative of every se of every series. Mm -hmm. I want to I want to make sure that I'm not missing someone goading him into a flagrant right, foul. I right. want to get the first foul. One of our criticisms is we get the second foul. Well, you need to know all this stuff so that you can appropriately decide and get the first foul if there is one. Right. right. And like you said, there's a criteria mm -hmm. which which changes. Right. It's not it's not the same as it was in 2004, is it? Oh, uh, you no, know, over the years, over the years, it may change a little bit, but generally, it's it's. Flagrant fouls are unnecessary contact. That's flagrant one. Flagrant two or fouls are unnecessary and excessive. We're judging the wind-up, impact, follow-through. That's, you know, if, if it has one of those, right. it could be a flagrant foul. If it has all three of those, we're generally talking a flagrant two, mm -hmm. uh, you know, combined with a non-basketball move or something like right. that, you know. But it wasn't the same like in the 90s, in the 80s. And oh, 90s. the game, right, the game has changed. The game has I changed think you're, a little you're bit. probably allowed to. Uh, <laughs> and, and so we have a board of governors. We have... The owners, there's a, you know, the owners have a board of governors. There's a rules committee that reports to them, and they decide this stuff, right. and, you know, we're the messenger. Well, now, what's it, there, there's a new rule. I mean, I was going to save this for them, but there, there are now a couple new rules coming in, right, about flagrance, about flagrant foul. One is, um, uh, I, I was listening to him talk about the new rule about, oh, yes. about flagrance that, um, and it's going to leave more to the discretion of the officials, I think. Um, 
you know, it, what is it? If no, it's the it w- it's what they're doing with the hacker. The the hack- hack- hacker shack. Right. Hacker shack. So explain to people what the new yeah. regulation it's, is. Uh, it's kind of been expanded to our away from the play foul rule has been expanded to the last two minutes of every period now. And so what it is is when there's a, a foul away from the ball that doesn't involve the immediate play. So just because it's all away from the ball or off the ball doesn't mean it doesn't involve the play. But when it's somebody just wrapping somebody up or taking an unnecessary foul on a, on a bad free throw shooter, it's now going to be one free throw attempt and the ball. And, and, and any, anyone can shoot it, not just the oh, bad. And what, what was it before exactly? What before it's just the last two minutes of the game. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the, the the change is subtle, hoping to prevent you know the ongoing onslaught of hack of fouls. But you, but you, does does this give more you guys more leeway? It seems like it's more, it gives you guys more to interpret. So, we'll, yeah, we'll have some judgment because, you know, you take a player, a big man who's, who's running up to set a screen off the ball or something like that, and now you have him being fouled. Right. So the question is, is that part of the play? And, and so there will be some judgment there. And I'm sure at our uh, referee preseason meeting, uh, Bob Delaney and, and the crew will give us, you know, our criteria, what we're looking for. They'll have video for it. Uh, the NBA is very thorough when it comes to, to rules. And stuff like that. How do you feel? I mean, I know this might give, but how do you feel about this? This is more like a question for the fans, sports right? But just, I don't know. I mean, you know, you have this hacker shack and all that. But I mean, shouldn't guys be able to shoot free throws? I mean, <laughs> I mean, you, you you got like you said, some of the greatest athletes making trillions of dollars. All they got to do, and, and and I don't, I, I've been doing it for a long time, so I don't want to just be simplistic. But I mean, in my profession, you know, you got to be able to spell. <laughs> and, and some people would say, well, yeah, Roden, what do you know about that? I mean, some of my editors would call in, yeah, right, tell them about that. But, mm-hmm. I mean, we all have, we all have our strengths. Right. We all have our weaknesses. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm asking you, this has nothing to do with refereeing the game. <laughs> just, just basically, I mean, cause, but it is about the hack-a-shack, mm-hmm. and you got to call the rules. But, I mean, don't you think that I mean, don't you think people should be able to shoot foul shots? Well, I always say far be it from me to criticize <laughs> right. some of the best athletes and ball players in the world, you know, who may be trying to shoot free throws because their hands are so big the size of a, a golf ball. It, that could be difficult. You know, I think for referees, it's, it, it's very taxing on the mental part of the game because now the game slows down and you have to, you know, stay involved. Stay, you know, you have to just keep thinking about what's going on, the situations, and you have to be ready because guys get upset and they're getting wrapped up and, and potentially embarrassed out right, there. And right. so now, you know, a guy gets wrapped up and it could be kind of hard, you know, and he throws it all, you know, he throws a guy off him. So you're thinking about all these things, and the game just comes to a slow. So I like what they did uh, with the new rule. Well, well, but it's gonna why? Because you think it, it, it may discourage people. I hope so. Uh, it's not. It's not part of the game, and you may. You know, there's arguments on every side. So the the free throw shooting argument is valid. Uh, but as far as it, as far as the flow of the game, the, the game is a beautiful game. It, it's a flowing game. It's a game with movement and freedom, and ability of the best athletes in the world to run around. And then that's what's going on. Is it's the, the rules as we're presently constituted, we're being taken advantage of. So the game evolves. Learn to shoot foul <laughs> shots. Listen, we're going to, I guess, is Zach Zarba, the 13 year, uh, uh, 14 year veteran of the NBA. I, I age you each segment. Right. Like uh, 13 go, complete going on my 14. 14 so. year. We'll be right back. We could take a break. But then we're going to ask you how you got from playing. So you, you played at, uh, New, not New Pulse, but you yeah, played so at New Pulse. So New Pulse. Yeah. 
how you got from SUNY New Pulse to the <laughs> NBA and how you decided to get in this crazy business. Uh, we'll be right back to hear this narrative. This is, I'm sure this is a very fascinating narrative. We'll be right back. Bill Roden on Sports. We're back with uh, the Chocolate Restaurant, Harlem, USA, Jamal Murphy, and uh, our guest, Zach Zorba, who's heading into his 14th year as an NBA official and his third year as a full-time crew chief. Congratulations, crew chief. Exactly what does that mean? Well, <laughs> well uh, full-time crew chief is, uh, you know, regular season, you are full-time crew chief. You're the... You know, I guess you could call it lead referee, but it, it's generally ju you're just part of the crew. Uh, you conduct the morning meetings before the game uh, and generally just have the final decision on rule interpretations and stuff like that in a game. So it doesn't mean that you make more calls than anybody else. It just means that you are charged with uh, leading the crew and getting the crew on the same page prior to the game. I just want to ask one question, man. I forgot to ask you. How do you keep in shape? Is it like a sports club? Sure. I mean, because you guys have got to be yeah. in incredible shape. Yeah. I, where, uh, where, do you, where do you go? I mean, do you go to, like a, to, a, to a club or something? Yeah, I, you know, off-season, I'm swimming. Uh, I swim. I like to swim because it, it's, you know, less on the joints, less on your knees and your back and your feet. So I swim about a mile a day in the off-season. Wow. Really? Yeah, it's uh, been – finding swimming has been a great way – to stay light, keep the weight off, and also not pound on the joints mm. when you don't need to. You're running up and down the court, you know, 82 games or so a year. The pounding on your knees and your back is is, is tough. So the less pounding you can do, the better. I've found swimming in the off season. Dur during the regular season, it's tough to find a pool. And so, you know, day of game and stuff like that. So I'm generally uh, treadmill or the uh, elliptical, you know, generally the ellipticals to, to keep the pounding at a minimum. And it's part of your daily routine. You know, mm -hmm. it, it's staying in shape. We, we get, we get weighed three times a season, and we wow, have, really? yeah, we have we have standards that we have to meet. And so we, it's based on the army standards of weight, based on height, age, and everything like that. And uh, you know, we have to meet those. We all have a number. Man, wow, I should have really? been a ref, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? Because it's funny you mentioned that about the in shape thing. Because I've been looking for something. I, I never love running. Mm -hmm. You know, even when I was playing stuff, I only ran to keep in shape. Sure. But swimming is something that um, if I you can, if the swimming thing, if you can get it together and get it down, where you, it, it great for the lungs, it, it keeps the weight off, and it's low impact. It, you know, I'm sold. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm, I'm thinking about this now, man. I'm thinking like done. As soon as we get out of here, I'm like calling you done. <laughs> hey, that's great. I mean, you said you had a couple. You had two boys. Do you want them to do this? Oh, uh, I have two young, I have a great family, my wife Chris and my oldest four-year-old, going to be four in a couple of weeks, Jackson, and then my two-year-old Jordan. Mm. Ooh, what I want them to be, NBA referees, why not? It's a great right. job. It, you know, I, it's, I always tell people, don't feel sorry for us. You know, people go, oh, his job is so difficult. You have such a tough job. Yes, but yeah. don't feel sorry for us. We have a, right. the best seat in the house. We get paid very well. Mm. Uh, it's it's tough in the winter on our families, no doubt about it, being gone 25 nights out of the month or so. Uh, but we have our summers off, mm, and it's, right. you can I reconnect bet. with your family. So it's pushing, there's, you know, everything, there's pros and cons about everything, but we, we have 
great careers. But th- this kind of runs in your family, right? Because, you know, growing up playing playing CYO basketball, but baseball, I remember mm-hmm. your father was was an umpire, right? So oh, wow. so there, you had you <laughs> had that refereeing in the in your blood, right? Well, wow. That's where that's where I got the yeah. idea from. Uh, you know, my I was in college, and my father had done you know my father done high school baseball, college baseball locally at the parade grounds in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. uh, and. I got the idea from him, and he was, you know, he was a 30-year teacher in the, in, in the Board of Ed, taught photography at Junior High School 51 oh, in Brooklyn, yeah. Okay. Yeah. and, uh, you know, and he gave me the idea that, to start officiating. Basketball was my love. Baseball was his, and so, you know, he, he gets to now live, uh, he gets to live vicariously through me, you know, and, he, mm-hmm. and it's, although it gets a little awkward, he, he doesn't think I missed a call yet in my life. He thinks <laughs> it's, and I got to tell him, Dad. I, it's, I got it wrong. <laughs> Trust yeah. me. No, one of the most impre- I, a story. One of the most impressive things I remember. Um, we were at a camp or something. I ran into you, and you know, I'm, uh, you know, we're talking, and I'm saying, you know, you don't, you never know if you want to bring up, you know, you, you refereeing. It's your job. Maybe you want to get away from. It. Let me, let me just talk to him about being a ref. Blah blah blah. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, there's this. I'm like. I don't think you get too many calls wrong either. Honestly, I think you obviously, which is true because in July, in well, July, I'm true. Sure. July, everything's great. True. July, but I mean, obviously, like you said, you're you're in you're in the finals. You're one of the twelve best refs, whatever. So um, that's for a reason. But so I told you, I said, yeah, I think you get most calls right. But there's one call <laughs> that I d- disagree with. I just want to throw that out there. And you were like, which one? And I'm like, okay. You want, I'm like, you sure you want to know? And he's like, yeah, yeah. Which one? So I say, yeah, it was this. This call, uh, you know, during during this game, and you you know, I, I felt you called a reach in, and I didn't see it. And he was like, "I hated that call." <laughs> like you remembered the exact. Sure. Wow. I couldn't believe it. I was like, "Yeah, that's that's serious." Well, it's your life. I mean, right. this, is what yeah. you, this is what you do. You know, uh, it's true. We and and we our group, our sixty referees, have to continuously remind each other and uplift each other because we don't get it from anywhere else. So we always focus on the negative, and so out of 300 decisions a game we're focusing on the 10 or so that we didn't like and and that's part of our culture and what makes every official really really good but you also have to we also have to talk to each other and say hey give a text or an email great game you know you watch a Mm. game because we really don't get it when you when everything goes well yeah that's just just what you're supposed to do do, it's it's that's your job and when it goes everything goes haywire you know that's when so we do. We have to help each other from within and, and admit when you're wrong. And, and it's hard to do at times, but to me that's how you get better is when you can admit it and, and own it. Could that be a, a, an issue sometimes? I forget a few years ago where they were talking about uh, people start doing stories about maybe a group of younger referees. And, 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 and like, in other words, I forget what the context was, but mm-hmm. there was a little bit of back and forth, almost like an ego yeah. kind of an ego kind of thing between the, maybe some mm-hmm. of the, the refs and the players. Right. And I don't know if that's a young thing or, do you, I, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, think about it. So you're a young official coming in. We, we spoke previously about how you, you come in the league and you have zero credibility. Right. And so you, you put yourself in the shoes of the younger official. They're coming in with zero credibility. They're fighting for their lives. And they have to stand up to, you know, these great athletes and great coaches. And so, yes, sometimes um, – you know, when they discipline or when they cut off the, the dialogue, right. there's no real past history, no relationship. So it comes off as arrogant. And so that was, that's a common theme uh, over the years from coaches and players is that the younger guys can be a little arrogant. But from their perspective, and I see it, and I've been there, you're fighting for your life, and 
all you have is your respect. And if and if right. they can't let people disrespect them because then they, you know, you let one guy out of ten guys on the floor disrespect you and he gets away with it, you don't just lose one guy. You lose ten guys, two coaches. <laughs> right, so you, right. so that's from a younger official's perspective. And to the NBA's credit, they've done. We have a, a players, coaches, a coaches, referees summit every year in August, two days, with about fifteen officials and all the coaches, where it's kind of like a, you know, a kumbaya, air it out. You know, thing and it's and it's great. It's so they've done a lot for that. Let me ask you this: It wouldn't be Bill Roden on sports if we didn't talk about race. But uh, <laughs> well, I'm just kidding. You got a league that that is, I guess, what 70, 80 percent with African American players. Is that? I mean, how does that filter into the thing? Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly, you grew up in a very multi-ethnic right. thing, and uh, you know. But how does that, or does it at all filter into? You know, I mean, it's not like hockey. Right. Where everybody's kind of like, that may be one or two black women, but does, does right. that filter into to this equation this equation at all? No, you know, I don't think so. I, I think, look, everybody's human, so, you know, who knows? But you, the one thing, I, you, sports and basketball particularly, is that, you know, the game, if you can play, you can play. Right. If you can ref, you can ref. And I don't care who you are. If you are not a good ref, these guys <laughs> are coming for you. White, black, green, yellow, yeah. it doesn't matter. And if you're a good ref, the players generally recognize it. So right. the game takes care of that. Mm. Uh, so I'd like to think the answer would be no. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um, how, I wanted to get into the biography. I mean, you played uh, at SUNY at, at New Paltz. Mm-hmm. Did, did, you, did you know, like you said, this is Division Three, so you never know, but did you know early on um, that you wanted to be a ref? Because we were talking before how I, I got this recreation thing for kids, and everybody thinks they're going to be in the NBA. Right. And what you what we're all trying to tell these kids, and like, well, maybe you will. I mean, like Rod Strickland started my gym, so mm-hmm. clearly you can. But I think what you were saying, you were trying to tell kids is that hey, there's a lot of great professions. This is one of them. So how did you mm-hmm. know that this is what you were going to do? I mean, right. did you know in college already? So, to your first point, I, I totally agree, Bill Jamal. It, it is, it's paramount that the kids understand that. Being an NBA player, being an NFL player, a Major League Baseball player is, is, is a great thing. However, if, it, if for some reason that doesn't happen, you need to understand the different careers on the periphery of every game. So whether it be a sports writer, a sports caster, a referee, a trainer, uh, you know, all these careers, there's a ton of careers that, you know, are around the game that you can be extremely successful at. I've just named a few. There's a ton more. Players need to be educated about this. I'm going to talk to... A uh, group of kids in Brooklyn tomorrow, at mm. Bishop Lockland. Okay. Uh, and to your point about, your, you know, so I'd love to come talk to the kids and just give them, open them up just so that they can have a reference point. You very rarely have a reference point. Uh, all you do is see players on TV, right? right? And right, they're either, right. they're generally either entertainers or they're athletes, right? Right. Major problem. So they need to be opened up to the idea of, hey, there are other things in case... My dream, which is fabulous, go for it. I mean, you know, in case it doesn't work out, I have other options. What was your first step? In other words, you played four years? Played three years, SUNY New Paltz. Uh, I was a Division three two guard who couldn't dribble. So. <laughs> it couldn't, but you had a hell of a shot. I could shoot it, but I couldn't dribble. This was a problem. Uh, <laughs> you, could, you could dribble in, in fifth grade. Jamal oh, Jamal no. was always better than me. He was younger. Nah, he was always better. Than, I should have known then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait. Oh, Jamal's better than you in fifth grade. I got a problem. <laughs> yeah, so uh, unlike, you know, many of the pl- – and what happens is the kids go, and, and anyone who can really play the game, 
goes and either plays overseas if they can't make the NBA or tries out here. And, and so by the time they're done with that, you know, they're 32, 33 years old, and then it's it's a little late to get into officiating. Oh, wow. And so I, I was lucky enough. I was single. I didn't have a family. No responsibilities. I could be broke, travel the world, hmm. um, chase my dream. Uh, and so after my last game of college, I, I got high school certified in New York. Wow, wow. You know, and I so right away you jumped right, right away. I jumped right into it. Right into it. Uh, well, you, have, you have to take a you have to take a test. Yeah, you take a test in, to get high school certified, which in New York is IABO, International Association of Approved Basketball Officials. They have a class in every borough. How, how old do you? What's the minimum age? No, no minimum age at all. You, you really? got guys fifty five years old doing it. You know, because there's basketball all around, and and it's a great way to stay in shape. Mm-hmm. Great way to make some extra money. Mm-hmm. If you're young enough like me and you have dreams to do it, a lot has to come into place for you. You have to be available to travel all over the place if you get even selected to be in the NBA's training program. But Division One college, guys, are, are there's great officials in Division mm-hmm. One college, Division Two, II, Division Three, really? all the way down to high school. And you did well, Division One for, what, four years? I did Division One for two or three years. Or three years. This, is, this is after you got certified? After, well, you get high school certified. And right. And so then you did, know what happened after you got Yeah, so you did high school for how long? A couple, you're doing them all together mm-hmm. sometimes. You, you, I did high school for a couple years. I did CYO ball for a while, really? which is some of the toughest, some of the toughest uh, refereeing. Really, you'll have why, a why little Johnny fall to the ground, and you don't have a foul. His mom and his dad are looking. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, tell us you. about the parents, man. The parents <laughs> have got to be brutal. out off the chart. They're, they're brutal. It, and I and I tell this to some of my colleagues sometimes because sometimes they get it. Their their parents and their kids play, and they and sometimes I see you know I hear stories of them, and I go, "You're so and so. You're everybody in the gym is watching you react, and you are going crazy on the ref. How is this? <laughs> and they, and they, all they do, I go, "This is not right. This is wrong for our craft. I'm, you right. know, I'm, our profession. This is what we love." And they go, "Yeah, wait till your kids start playing. Yeah. <laughs> that's, right. yeah, that's a, that's a that's lot right. of pressure on a CYO ref, right. an NBA ref in the crowd. That's right. right. That's right. right. Yeah, I mean, I've heard of, of actually a friend of mine, Charlie Compatello who's a friend of the program, by the way, and this is on the podcast, he works at the Times. He's a referee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He works out in Long Island, and he loves it. But in some of the, s- the stories he tells me just about the, the, the parents, right. which I'm not surprised because I see parents sure. from a different perspective, <laughs> just, you know, just nuts, man. But right. and, and everybody's living this dream, right. you know. So so you're, 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 you're doing high school for a couple mm-hmm. years, and then that's when you basically – so you you go to these tra- you go to these training camps uh, every summer. There's camps you know given all over in conjunction with the AAU camps that you go and hear about kids being in while you're watching these camps. While people are judging the kids playing generally, there's also a referee camp going on and where assigners are sometimes judging the referees. And so there's training camps where you're there to learn, and then there's camps that colleges that college assigners give and they hire you out of there or not if you're if you're not up to snuff. So mm. you go to these camps and you work out in front of them, and, and when you gain enough experience, hopefully you're good enough, they, they accept you into their conference. And, and college is a little more spread out. You get Big East, ACC, SEC, mm. Northeast, Colonial, all these things. You, go, it's not, you don't get into all of them once. You get into one conference at a time. Right. That's if you go the college route, which is, you know, the NBA thing is a little different. They want to take you younger and train you so that you're ready to go by the age of, you know, I got into 28. So, but anyway, wow. you know, they, they want, you know, you want a 25-year career if you can, if your body wow. holds up. And so, wow. so it's a little bit of a different college officials. It's a part-time job. Uh, you know, they have other things they're generally doing. Uh, NBA officials, Major League Baseball officials, it's a full-time job because you're on the road so much. But not me, the NFL right now. Let me, I wanted to ask you a question. I mean, what, because you know, I really think that it, it should all be full-time. Mm-hmm. And without killing the NFL, well, kill the NFL. <laughs> but, 
But what's the difference, do you think, in terms of being full-time versus part-time? I mean, what's, what do you – yeah. why is this significant? I mean, to me, the obvious first thing that jumps to my head would be the, the, the focus and concentration, that, you know. Uh, this is my job and my career, and you got to take it very seriously. There's, there's no – I'm not thinking of anything else in terms of a career. You know, this is my paycheck. This is what takes care of my family. I'm not doing things on the side. I'm not doing stuff in the summer. It, it's my family and this. And uh, so you have that focus. What, and what also what the NBA is able to do with it is that there's a lot more continuity, a lot more consistency, which fans crave for. You know, so it's not uh, we call it this way here or this way that. Right. The NBA, you know, generally it's a lot easier for us to have 60 referees who call it. It's never going to be totally it's never going to be totally in line but we can get it as close as we can get it closer than anybody else because we have one boss one directive uh clips sent out to 60 officials okay so it's streamlined every morning you know do you get offended and this kind of gets into a little deeper water but do you get offended when people are saying oh these games are are, are they want to go seven games because if that you know, people say that, and it goes all like the, the time. All, right. I mean, all the NBA time. more and, than and, and, it go, and it goes into mm. like the integrity sure. of you guys because you always say this, and then you're like, well, that means that somebody has got to be involved. But how do you yeah. do you take do you take that personally when people? You know, I used to. I you know, you, when you when you're doing something you love and you're putting your heart and soul into it, and you know that, and the people around you know that, it does. It hurts. As you get al- as you go along in your career, you become you know you you become immune to it because the people it's lack of knowledge. So anyone who judges the NBA playoffs, the referees, the referees don't get paid per game. You get paid per round. So it doesn't matter to us <laughs> if it goes four games or right. seven. Honestly, you, you you know honestly, the quicker it's over, the better. The, it's less chance for something to blow up in our faces. You know that it was quicker. Than, the hand is quicker than the eye. So it that. It's lack of knowledge. And the other thing is that it's an emotional game. It's passion, the game. It's, it's you know, people people lose their minds sometimes. It's not who they are. You know, it, right, it, right, it's right. just, it's you're, you're a fan. Right. We, you right. know, the three guys who walk into that, the three guys who walk into the arena and our boss are probably, you know, and our bosses are probably the only people in the arena who don't, who don't care who wins the game. Everybody else, <laughs> there's an interest right. somewhere in it. And so... We kind of we like that, uh, but it, it's just lack of knowledge, Bill. Mm. Is, what's the difference between uh, college and, and, and NBA? I mean, I know one's full time, one's part, mm-hmm. but it just seems like the talent level. I, I remember when I kind of I don't know what year it was, 1987, maybe 1987, and I would you know I cover the Final Four, then I cover the NBA, you know, and I forget one game. That's 87 must have been the Larry Bird and Joe, and I'm, I remember looking at. Uh, just coming off the Final Four, and I'm looking at the NBA playoffs. I guess I knew that. I said, you know what? This is a whole other level of basketball. I mean, right. and I almost – I feel the same way even about college football. I mean, I'll do it as the pageantry. But just in terms of what these guys do, I said, man, this is a whole other – it's not even the mm-hmm. same planet. I was wondering if a referee, do you see the same thing? You're, you're, coach, you're, you're coaching co- – I mean, you're you know, officiating college. Then you switch, and then you officiate a, a college basketball. I mean, a – a professional right. basketball game. Do you notice, or have you noticed it's a whole different universe? Yeah, it, it's, well, you look at the college game, what do you have? You have a handful, maybe if, you're, if you've got a big-time college game, you got three pros on the floor, maybe. Right. You know, you, you, 
NBA game. Now these are all pros, uh, <laughs> which is is some of the training why they our guys have to be trained in the de- in the developmental league. The NBDL mm-hmm. has grown exponentially. When I was in there, six teams. They're now they're now around twenty teams. Wow! Uh, I believe Brooklyn's wow. getting a team this year, and right. Chicago's getting a team. It's become a training ground for the players and the coaches to run their sets and do their thing, and in turn, great for the officials because. The college game is played a little differently. At the end of the day, it's all basketball, but the games are played a little bit differently. The shot clock, the rules, and stuff like that. So you, our guys have to be trained in a pro game. Mm, but is it the same for you as, a, as an official? Okay, so for the player, college to pro, everything changes. It's a much tougher game. Is it, is it the same for an official? Is it a tougher game to officiate? Coming in, uh, sure. I, I think anytime you ratchet up the – athleticism the ratchet up the intensity the stage i think it's yeah it's more difficult uh, you know and you got to work your work your way into it and learn and be humble and listen and get better so yeah. you mentioned humble i mean I, I, I would imagine that a lot of stuff you have to learn doesn't have anything i mean the rules but mm-hmm. the humility the it seems like you, you you from the time you're 25 to 28 30 it seems like you really have to really learn like well, humility is a great word i mean Maybe expand that concept. Mm-hmm. I mean, why, why, why you have to have that type of? I, again, I go. You go back to the, the the passion and the energy of the game. So you want we we want the players to play with the passion and right. the energy. That's what that's what drives the game. The players drive the game, and so yeah, we're charged with controlling the game and monitoring the game and, and creating an even playing field where the talents can come out. And so part of that is to have humility and be able to communicate and you know de-escalate situations yeah, right, before right. they you know before they spiral out of control and nothing can be done managing people it's a huge the interpersonal skills uh an nba referee possesses or should possess is it is it not something we really talk about but a huge component so huge what component. so what personality traits you think are the most important as, uh, to be a you know if i want to become a ref what personality traits do mm-hmm. I need? You've got to be humble. You got to be humble. You have to be able to communicate, and, but you also have to have confidence. Mm. You know, it, so you balance it. It's a balance. You know, you have to, you have to walk into the arena. You know, uh, strong and confident, but then also be able to be humble. You know, they have to know you're in control, but then you also have to know when to, you know, when to be humble and even keeled. It's a very delicate balance. Don't you have to walk away a lot? I mean, mm-hmm. I've noticed even like we're talking about the playoffs. And I'm always, yeah, I guess I'm always paying attention to that stuff because it's fascinating. But when guys, you see, I mean, in every single sport where you've got some very type A, highly competitive people, and it seems like, if, I guess the humility comes, it's time to walk away. Right. I walk away, I walk away now. I guess they're lying, mm-hmm. right? But, I mean, I guess you've got to learn. Yeah. I guess you got to learn that this highly competitive, high stakes. Right. I'm going to give you some breathing room. But – you know, sure. I, I got a lot. And, it, and it's, and it's you, you give people some time to calm down. Right. So we, we have the heat of the moment. We give someone the heat of the moment, and then we can walk away, right, right? And, and walk away. And now if they, we also like to, body language is huge with us. You know, hand on your hips mm. is, 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 is more authoritative and can incite someone, mm. right, where hand straight at your side isn't. 
it's less threatening. It's so all this stuff we monitor all this through videotape about mm. just it's it's some of the stuff is not even about the call. We look at we just look at our body language. Look at your body language here. This is giving off a, wow. a I dare you, which now oh, incites right. the situation. <laughs> Whereas another body language, arms to the side with the look, is just. Hey, I'm here, and, and I'm going to be firm, but I'm going to be fair, right. and I'm going to walk away. And now, you know, I might put a hand up and say, "Son, please, I, you know, no more. I, I got to stop now, you." Now, now stop when you me. say "son," you got to be aware of who you're talking to, right? Because well, that could be. A kid. I, don't, I wouldn't say "son." No, <laughs> <laughs> no I thought for some kids, like, like fucking, you know, what's it, Ben? What's the name down at, uh, you know, down at uh, Philadelphia? Ben he, he's son. Now, somebody <laughs> else who's been 13 years. Is, well, you got to be careful right. because. You can't talk. We all call him boy. Well, <laughs> yeah, stay away from that. Stay, stay away. That you don't use a B word. That would not go over well. But I'm also not their father. Right. So right, you have right, to be right. very, I can't, right. so you can say son, hey son, and he's going to say, you're not my dad. Right. And, so he, and guess say, what? He's right. What do you say? So you don't say son, you'll say. No, I'll use, you use their first name. You know, yeah. you use their first name. Whatever, you forgot to. <laughs> Which I, is funny because now, nowadays, you know, the big thing is. For players to know the ref's name. You may not be here long enough for me to know your first name. The, the beginning of the season, every preseason game, you get a team, and, and, they, and the veteran brings over the rook, and he, and right. he introduces you. Hey, this name. Is and that's name. relatively new. When I was when I was playing back in the day, we just said ref, ref, right. ref. Right. We, right, right, but now, right, right. even high school kids, I see they want to, you know, they they get hip to the game. Oh, so they want to know the ref's you by name. Your first name sure. Now? Yeah, and, and some and some call you ref, and when they call you ref, I say. You know, I might address someone. I know your name. You should. Oh, so no, you, you oh, actually oh, really? correct? So you correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, oh. that's helpful, actually. Oh, that's actually. Well, if you don't listen when they call you ref, they'll start to learn your name real quick. Right. <laughs> oh, that's right. So you take offense to being called ref? I just think it, if if I've done the research to know your name, you can know mine. Is it a prerequisite? Do they need to right. know? Call you're you still going to make the right call. Yeah, they, you know, <laughs> but it 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 is a, it's a time honored tradition in the league, and it's oh, wow. and some of its respect, well, and that's, right. that's I think it's that's great. See, I had no. For all you kids out there, <laughs> know the referee's first name. Right. But I mean, but that's that's, that's very interesting because I said, "Hey, ref," right. as opposed to "Hey, Zach." Uh, when you get to the NBA guys, it, it's it's a lot more uh, consolidated, and you, you know what do we say? Three hundred to four hundred players or so, and so sixty referees. So there's a lot more um, history and interpersonal, you know. There's relationships guess, and stuff right. like that. So, that, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. I think it's a good practice. And you're, talk, you're talking about referees, you know, personality traits and walking away and that kind of stuff. But there's still – you're still an individual. Some are more high-strung than others. You know, as we were talking about off off mic, uh, Joey Crawford at a at a Villanova team camp once threw, <laughs> yeah. threw my assist, my head coach out of the game. <laughs> he wasn't even refing. He was there Tell to evaluate the, the refs. He just threw him out. <laughs> no, uh, we were – I was coaching – at a at a Villanova team camp, yep. And like you said, you got it was it was Zach and and Joey Crawford. They were evaluating the refs because it's also a ref camp, like you said. Mm-hmm. And one of the refs had given the head coach of my high school high school team a T. I was I was assistant coach in that team. He gave him a technical foul, and I think he gave him two technicals. The head coach wouldn't leave. They told Joey Crawford, who was really just supposed to be evaluating the refs. They told mm-hmm. Joey Crawford he comes on the on the court and. Kicks him out and, says, and stands in the middle of the court. I'm not leaving until you get out. Get oh, out of the gym. That's great. That so is, I'm, like, yeah. I'm like, wow, this guy even kicks high school coaches out. Wow. That is, that's, <laughs> he even tees up high school coaches. And here's the thing. And, and here's the thing about Joey. So let's give you – here's Joey. So Jay Wright runs that camp for the local kids, I, I think, and some traveling teams in, in, Philadelphia, in Philadelphia. It's a great camp. Joey does runs the camp for the officials, takes no money for it, does it for free the whole weekend, gives it to charity. So 
That's Joey. Right. He always gives back. Right. He's he sits with you after games and just talks shop. Wow. He's the biggest hoops junkie. Mm. Uh, a great guy to have a beer with. Right. Mm. Uh, we should have Joey Croft. No, he, and he, was, he was a great guy. Yeah, he's great. I sat there. You introduced me to him. Right. Great guy. And here's the thing. And here's the other thing, Bill, is that people just think, everyone just thinks it's just them who gets it from Joey. So, player, he yelled at me. A coach said, he yelled at me. Guess what? He's yelling at the player, the coach, the scores. When we get in the locker room, he's yelling at me if I do something wow. wrong. Right. And that. Right. And it's I, personality. Yeah, yeah. So, it, right. it's, it's who he is. He's passionate about the game. And. and Doing that camp for referees and, and, and guys come from all over to that camp to listen to him speak for free and, and he gives it all to charity. Uh, I, you know, I can't say enough wow. about him. Can we get Joey Crawford on the show? He's, uh, he has time now. He's retired. <laughs> yeah, he has time. Well, I, I, well yeah, that's not a question. <laughs> you didn't write we, any columns about him, did you? Joe, no, no. Yeah, I, okay. I, mean, like I, I, I swear to God, man, I've never really talked. This is the longest. I'm just thinking in like 35, almost 35 years of the New York Times and before that, I've been in this business since 1973 for wow. pay. Wow. And I've never, this is the longest mm. I've talked to a referee. I mean, I've talked to guys, just I'll run into somebody, hey, sure. man, how you doing? In the airport. Or in the hallways and all that kind of stuff. I say, I'm just curious. And I know, like, like when I was younger and I started, I'm like 23, 24, and the players are my age or some guys are older. Mm. Then as you get older, you know, and right. I'm thinking when you're younger, you may see a guy at a club because we may be mm -hmm. the same club. At this point, if I see somebody, I said one of us is in the wrong place, right? <laughs> 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 or unless we're in a museum or something, you know. Which that's another story. Right. Do you feel the same way if you see people sure. out vacationing, or or what? Do you like to hang out? I'm not hang out, but do you like to. What's your I, what's your thing about about fraternization or yeah. meeting guys? It's funny, you know. People ask that. People ask that question so much. Do you get to hang with the players? <laughs> is, is the question, and it's do you get to? The answer is no. Uh, the answer is if you see someone somewhere, you know, will you say hello and, and hang out for a little while and chit chat? Absolutely. It's we have relationships. Right. It, you know, the NBA, they'll they say the NBA family and stuff like that. But it's relationships over time that you develop with people. Now, would you go take a cruise with someone and, and bring your family? No, <laughs> that's a problem. That's, yeah. Right. So that's just the appearance of it's propriety. not you're right. It's not yeah. good. It's not good for anybody. So yeah. I would never, I would never put the NBA in that position or anything like that. But I, would I walk away from a from a guy, you know, sh putting his hand out as a man to shake my hand and have a conversation. Never. What about having a beer? Let's go yeah. out for a beer. Would you Never. have a beer? Yeah, I, if I'm out, if uh, you run into somebody or something like that, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, it's not, it's fraternization, friendship. Right. It, it's not, I mean, it doesn't go that far. Remember, what you do is in front of everybody. Sure. People, it's a fishbowl. You, you can't really be, you know, you can't, you're not, you can't be out there trying to give somebody a call. Everybody sees you. You're getting graded. Right. The right. fans see it. Right, right. It's out there. It's I mean, I mean my, my, my philosophy has always been, I like to use the zoo, the, the 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 zoo. Like you go to the zoo, you know, and you see all these great animals, the, the leopard and the bear and the tiger. But there are reason why them damn bars are there, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and and to me, you go behind those bars at your apparel. Mm -hmm. So it's like, and then maybe after you retire, maybe different. You have different. Yeah. Uh, I have a different relationship with people afterwards. But it, it's, it's very different when when, if, when you retire or something like that. To sit there and have a beer with a player and have an extensive fraternization is not a good idea. Yeah, because, I mean, like you said, to your point, from now until people retire, everything is about the edge. Yeah. Everything is about right. staying in the league. Right. So if I could work right. on you for a minute, sure. and then right. at some point it may be some minuscule, what's minuscule to the public, right. it's, it's like an edge. So I guess I think, like, Hey, how you doing? Whatever, whatever. Hey, let's go out for beer. Let's I, I, I got to go. I mean, right. I, not, and I always, I, what I always do, 
you know, or if that situation was ever to come up, you what I always first do is think of my family. I think of my right. wife and my two kids. I'm loyal to them first. <laughs> That's right. And they, right. and, you know, I'm providing for them, and I'm putting that in jeopardy. Right. I do that, and I would never for anyone do that. Right. So. right. I, got a, I, got a, I got another basketball question or a refereeing question. What, what's up with the travel? Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, good question. Right. Good I mean, how, many, how many steps are you allowed? <laughs> <laughs> two. Now, so it's, I'm glad we, we spoke about it off air. And so this is opportunity for us to, for me to talk about our 60 referees and, and the thought process and, and the mindset that's behind it. So for years, uh, what happened was we were, we were always taught to referee the defense. In, in the NBA, the staple of the NBA is our ability to referee the defense, allowing big men to alight and jump vertically and, and block shots and take charges it's a staple of the nba the fact that good defense is rewarded so one of our principles is referee the defense what happened over time is that it morphed into us totally focusing you know when the the player's in his triple threat position before he's dribbled we are focusing on the defense and ignoring the offensive player mm -hmm. so we had to seriously we had to take stock and, and look at our and look at ourselves as this was getting out of control and ask why the why and the how, as Bob Delaney would say. And, and what we ended up coming up with now is, so when the offensive player gets that ball, we're going to focus on him until he dribbles it legally, hopefully, and then get the defense. And we're good enough to do that. So that's what happened over time. Now, do we still miss travels? Absolutely. I would say we've gotten a lot better at it over the years. I would say, does it still happen? Absolutely. You're not going to be perfect in this YouTube era where right. they can put these plays so they you know right. the shacked in a fool and they yeah, find yeah. it they're gonna find it and yeah. so and five, that's six, fine five, yeah six steps back. right they get yeah and, and <laughs> here's the, but here's how the did thinking. you get from the corner <laughs> of the thing yeah i i've here's the thinking though i've called travels in the past on plays that have looked funny and I, that's got to be a travel and i go back and look on tape it's not wow right. there's nothing more disheartening than taking away a good move from a player who has worked his wow. tail off on that move because right. these guys practice more than anyone gives them credit for. Right? You take that away from them, right. and that's worse. So, so it's like the judicial system. It's better to let an innocent man go free than to send a guilty <laughs> man to prison. Mm. There we go. I like getting into the deeper <laughs> waters here. Yeah. Uh, what What about the crossover? I mean, you know, mm -hmm. Allen Iverson's crossover. I mean, right. at, at what? I mean, is it legal? I mean, you know, I mean, at some point, what you know, like or, or Earl's, or, you know, Earl Monroe's spin move. I mean. Right. At what point they say, okay, you know what, this is innovation. Yeah. <laughs> we're just gonna let we're gonna let this slide. <laughs> yeah. I think that you know, in our rule book, it's when the ball comes to a pause. That's the you know. Now in real time, like this, you, can't <laughs> you know, we judge where the hand is. The hand is on the side of the ball or under the ball. You know, it happens so fast sometimes mm. that again, you don't want to take away a good legal move. That's the worst thing. Right. Uh, you know, sometimes it's judged hand on the side of the ball, hand under, but the pause is what we're looking for, and you know. Sometimes the pause being illegal. The pause being illegal mm. when it pauses. I remember uh, the better the better a player is too. The 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 better they can make it look. So <laughs> that goes into it too. How how good a ball handle are you? Sometimes it may look like a like an illegal sure. move. But I would say Iverson's crossover was was legal. Debatable, yeah. But I would say <laughs> so, so too. Said debatable. I, I would say. <laughs> I would, but people did, would you ever call, did you ever call that on Iverson? I don't remember, no. Uh, uh, but people would debate it. People right, would right, say, right, people right, would right. say, no, it's legal. Right. So you could debate it, and that's the great thing about officiating is that you know these plays you that's can true. say yes, subjective. You know, was, was, was Jordan a push on Byron Russell? <laughs> was that a push? You weren't there, right? You I wasn't there. You weren't there. Was that a, I mean, can you can you comment on that? I mean, was that, I mean everybody's retired, right? Jordan's retired, but although he's an I will say, I yeah. will, I will say this: is that you can't 
uh, it, it's hard to really tell. He's, they give you the angle from the, you don't get the official's angle on those replays. So I, you know, I well, don't. You know, to sit back, I'm. Bill, I'm, I'm 100% from my couch. I watch a game, and I'm not on. I'm getting every play right. It's a different <laughs> right. ball game when right. you're down there right. amongst those trees That's when right. there's no consequence to your whistle. When you can, when there's no consequences, you can, you right. can just say, oh, why didn't they call that? That's or, right. hey, why, you know, they missed that. Do you do that? I mean, when you, when you, when you, when you watch a game, mm-hmm. if we were to watch a game, are you, do you, are you, you're watching as an as a, as a, uh, official, right? Right, correct. And am I judging? Absolutely. Wow. Uh, wow. Am I, do I understand the conditions that they're under, absolutely. So everything I everything I talk with another referee about after a game, or someone who talks with me after they watch my game, is done under the the pretense that hey, I understand right. the conditions you're in, and this is just about learning and getting better. That's that's how we are. Right. What about time and score? Does that play into if you make a call, if you don't, if there's two seconds left on the shot clock or two right. seconds left in the game? Right. No, it doesn't. You know. We got people watching the people watching us grading these. So it, it, it's the league has come to a, a point. There's the transparency and the accountability right now is at an all time high. I mean, you know, turn on social media from YouTube to Twitter. Oh, to, yeah. There's there's just you can't just say, uh, you know, oh, there's one second on the shot clock. He dribbled into a double team and now he gets hit on the arm. I'm not call, I'm not bailing him out. You're not right. doing, you're not doing your job. Mm. Right. If you do, if you turn your blind eye to that, you're just not doing your job. Um. Our guest has been. Uh, we could talk. We could do this for another three hours. <laughs> well, man. Yeah, yeah. This, 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 One more thing. This, block, this, block this charge. You said yeah. that's your favorite call. Oh yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah. Can I, I, I ask sure. you the thing? What's your favorite? Mine is always even when I say it's like the tech, right. like the tech. But, but, but what, what's your what's your favorite call? I mean, that I was his favorite kind of trivial. I mean, what's your yeah, yeah. favorite? I guess favorite, right? Favorite, but you know that could come from being the, you know, the most challenging thing yeah. to call. Oh, block charge is hard. Out of bounds is our, our toughest call, as as you've seen by instant replay. Which, if you wanted to get into replay, mm. out of bounds is the toughest call. Block charge is probably the most theatrical, I right. guess, where you right. get a chance to show some personality right. and sell your call. We don't get many opportunities <laughs> to do that, so right. you know you got the block charge play, and you you wipe it out and go offensive foul, or you right. go beep 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 block, and and it's just for that half second that you hit the whistle and everybody's looking. Wait wait for it, wait for it, and then half the people love you, half the people hate you. So. Right. <laughs> I'm just I'm just curious. I want to since we take me through. We have a couple red stripes here. Take me through. I'm 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 always in every single sport. I always wonder what are they saying, like when. Right. When the when the when the plate when the player comes up to home plate for the first time, or on first base, so let's take me through. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like somebody's at the foul at the foul line. You call the foul on somebody. You're on the sideline, and a player slides up to you, and you talk for about about maybe 20 seconds. Just take me through. What's right. that conversation like? What's being said? Uh-huh. It's it. You know, generally they're setting. They're trying to set you up for the next call. Put something in your mind in your subconscious about. I mean, as you say, Zach. Uh, what did I do? Just watch him. You know, it's, it's Zach. You know, you got you got me on the hold. Fine. Just watch him push me off first because right. I, he because because he pushed me off. I had to hold him. And so there's that <laughs> right, stuff right. going on. And so you and then and then another time it could be I'm just over here because coach wants me to come over here. And, uh, okay. Okay. So oh, you know, really? it, it give me. Yeah, we have guys. They have great. I mean, these guys are. <laughs> oh, oh, these wow. guys are these guys are hilarious. They're they're great. They're oh, really. Man. That's like they're organized fabulous. crime. I really, I my coach wants me to come here and like tell. I'm no, not really. Yeah. They oh, wow. they. <laughs> and then they get back to it. You know, and it and it's. Right. They, That's great. It is. They they have their say and they oh. get back to it. Sometimes you would, you would make a great substitute teacher. <laughs> I, well, I, mean, I taught. I taught high school for five years in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Really? While, like, you were, while you were referring? While I was moving up the ladder. Yep. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. It gives you a great uh, concept of dealing with people and uh, teaching is one of those professions where you, you, 
you have to learn how to, you know, the interpersonal communication is very, there's a lot of similarities. Yeah. So. Hey, just last question, man, before, you got to come back. In fact, though, now this is July. You got to come back in like December. <laughs> right. Or like, you know, like. He'll be on know. the road, man. I know. No, we'll go, no, we'll, but the thing with Bro, Bill Rono Sports, we got professional equipment here. We can come and we can do it <laughs> in go. the lobby. But no, um, I, actually, Jamal and I were on the same page. The question, could you name two rule changes from the original game of basketball that are not beneficial to the, that you think are not beneficial to the NBA? Two rule changes from the original game of basketball, which is what the original like nineteen James Naismith yeah. peach yeah. that peach are that ball. are not beneficial to the game. They're not beneficial. Ah, that'd be two tough, rule changes huh? that are I not. I don't know. No, I, I, Jamal, not. I can't think of. Can you think of anything? Rule change off the top of your head. One that you know. Do you like the? What about the? Like three, adding the three point three line. Three point it's line. Uh, I mean, it, do you think it should game. be further out? You know, Golden I, State. You know, I, I think that was that was a lot of the chatter. Golden State so you know shoots the ball so well. Do we need to push? The, I thought it was well, ridiculous. But. Yeah, they only won one championship. <laughs> so back to the drawing board on that one. I think the I think the the league has done a great job of getting the game. Look at the game. The game is. It's skill game. It's it's a free flowing game. It's beautiful. You watch the you watch the playoffs. It's beautiful. I, I think they've done a great job. My question was, what's been the most significant change in your fourteen year career? You're going on fourteen. Oh, what's sure. been the most significant change? No brainer, instant replay. No oh. no brainer. It's the it's the biggest thing that I've gone. When I first came in the league, we didn't have it, and, oh, and wow. you wonder now. I look back sometimes and I go, wow. We didn't have like it. Like a GPS. That's how fans think, right. too. It's a, it's really? a, you can't imagine so it's made your job, that you didn't have it. It's made your job easy. I mean, uh, not, not easy, but it has made it easier, better. Sure. No, I, I think uh, I think our officials, you, I think the you would think that we wouldn't like it. Right. I think our officials love it. Oh, I wow. Think it, I mean, you wow. think about it. The, you've got nineteen to 20,000 fans in the arena who can get it, who can have the answer <laughs> right. in their smartphones in five seconds. Right. But why can't the most three most important guys and ladies on the floor doing the job can't get it so people understand you're not going to be perfect if i call a play a good basket at the end of a quarter or end of a game and it turns out we go to replay and i'm wrong thank you mm. right it, it, you can't you're and not it, always going to be 100 percent. and it, it takes you off the hook to an extent yeah. because like you said replay always existed it just didn't exist for you yeah, yeah. Exactly. like you exactly. couldn't use it but it was still around after the game for people to Sure, and, mad at you. And the NBA has done a great job of keeping up with keeping up with the curve of technology. And, right. and so now you, you've got YouTube, Twitter, social, all this stuff that they can have it in five seconds. And they've done a great job of giving us because access. Can, can't you guys be replaced? I mean, I was thinking, take not just you guys. Every, right. I'm thinking in baseball, you know, they're experimenting with the automatic sure. strike zone. Sure. Um, I'm thinking in the NFL. You know, mm -hmm. I'm thinking, well, maybe in every arena they'll just have a million camera angles. And the only job of the rep, the officials is to be functionary, right. like yeah. in the NFL. Okay, here, take the ball, fifteen yards here. <laughs> all all yeah. you do is just take the ball. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it seems like if it continues to go sure. like this, where, you, where we're after perfection, there is no perfection right. in life. There is no perfection sure. in, uh, yeah. that I know of, yeah. right. right? But yet we kind of want this game to be perfect. Well, look, honestly, the players. To be fair, the players deserve as close to perfection as you can Shit, get. Shit, they're not perfect. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but they deserve, in my opinion, they are, they deserve as close to it as you can get. Are you going to ever be perfect? No. Um, right, you that, can't challenge. They're not perfect. And you no. can't challenge anywhere near to every call. Like, this no. is only in certain circumstances. Right, but, but, you know, take, for example, you know, take, for example, uh, 
a game that ends, you know, a score, no score at the end of the game, and, and you have the ability, you know, to get the play right. We just want to get it right. right. And, and and selfishly, I don't want to. I don't want to play off game or my last game of the season, you know, uh, ruined <laughs> because I get a, a basket at the end of the the game backwards. You right. know, and when I have to make a decision in real time, and there's twenty thousand people cheering, and I and I make the wrong decision. Uh, you know, my family would have to go through that, and selfishly, oh. I, you know. Well, see, fortunately, your kids are young. They were like, wait till like thirteen. <laughs> right. What right. the hell is your dad? They'll be yelling. They'll, they'll probably be yelling at me too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. So, well, final question. Well, two final questions. Three. Why are the Knicks so terrible? <laughs> but, uh, but were you surprised that Golden State uh, that, that Cleveland won the series? Uh, no, because uh, you had two teams, high-level teams. Uh, going at it, and in in situations like that, over my experience, it's a play here, a play there. Guy makes a play, and the series is decided. So, uh, no, I you know I think they I think they're in finals two years in a row, and there's history there. And they, I thought it was a great final, but no, the answer I was, I was not surprised because Cleveland played at an extremely high level, and we're hungry. Is LeBron one of the best you've ever seen play? <laughs> I love all the guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but even if you said that, Zach, I mean, LeBron James. Hey, listen, our guest has been, <laughs> our guest has been Zach. Um, listen, man, this this has really been uh, this is really, 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 really great. Our guest uh, has been Zach Zorba, going on his 14th year in the NBA. He's got to come back. Now, again, this is July. Right. Everybody, everything is great for an NBA ref <laughs> in July. But come, but 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 seriously, Jamal's talked so highly of you. Really, yeah. he's really. We talked. go back. We go back a long way. Yeah, yeah. no, it's really been great, man. I'm, I'm, it's, it's really special that you've uh, come on the show. This is really, really. Uh, really I thank great. you guys for having me give our side because people don't sometimes hear our side. So. Yeah. As I said, people won't give a damn if you Hey, listen. Hey, Jamal, again, man. Yeah. Yep. Thanks again. Of course. And uh, we've had a secret photographer back here kind of recording this. Like, he actually answered, he asked about the traveling question. Right, right. And we right. got a decent answer, but I still say Jordan, <laughs> you know, the Jordan rules. But, you know. Hey, that, was, that was before Zach's time. That was before Zach's time. <laughs> yeah. He had nothing to do with that. Did you have a referee at a Jordan game? He, he retired the year I got in. So I missed him by a year. Mm, lucky uh. you. All right, so, <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, uh, Jamal, could you go through a spiel about how people can download us and all that? Yeah, download. Obviously, we're on iTunes or SoundCloud. If you're listening, uh, be sure to rate us, comment in the comment se- section, uh, like us. You know, give us a little, give us that that boost. Uh, we, we we've gained some momentum and everything's looking good. But we, we want to expand. Uh, our audience for sure. You can follow us on Twitter at Bros Pod, um, Facebook, like us and follow the page at Bros Pod as well. Instagram also. We're all over the place, man. We're all over the place. We want to get Bill. To Bill, ha- Bill, you got you got your Instagram now. You know, I, I'm on Instagram. Yeah, Rodan Rod- Rod- Inc. Facebooking. Rodan Inc. with a K. That's right. Rodan Inc. with Facebooking. Yeah. Come like almost like a. Oh, I won't say the word. Like <laughs> right. Yeah. Everything that exists. But anyway, hey everybody, thank you guys very much for listening. God bless, and we will see you next Monday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.